All right. The red light is blinking. Yes. All right. Well, welcome back. I'm John Swaino. I'm Dave Tenney. And we are Two Beards in a Bible. Uh, today we're going to pick up where we left off in <clears throat> Mark chapter 11 and verse 25, right? Yes. Uh, how far are we going to read? I'm just going to read 25 and 26. Okay. Uh, it says, And whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him, that your Father in heaven may also forgive your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your trespasses. It's funny that we were reading this verse because we have a mutual friend named John. And uh, I'm standing in John's barn yesterday. We're talking. And he goes, he goes what do you think the, the uh, proper uh, position to pray is? He says, should we be kneeling when we pray? I said, you know, I never really thought about that. And then I happened to read this tonight. And I have to say that I guess standing is an approved position. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> yeah, there you go. But there is, you know, uh, he told me that when he was a boy, that in their congregation, when they prayed, they all kneeled. Huh. And then for some reason, then they stopped doing that. Yeah. So maybe they had a different, they, they, they came up to the conclusion that you didn't have to do that or whatever. Yeah, not sure. I, I when I was when I was a kid, uh, the church that uh, we met for Cub Scouts it was in the basement of an Episcopal church. Yeah, and they had the little kneeling yeah. things that would come down in front of the pew. Yeah, and uh, I always thought I was enamored with those. And, <laughs> and I thought, wow, that's an interesting idea. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now the Catholics do that too. Right, they yeah. have they have those in most of their churches. Right. So. So, so, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, you can think it through and think, you know, what happened to those that were standing in the presence of the Lord? You know, they were prostrate. You know, they were on the ground. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. They, we're, we're told in the scriptures to pray continually. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we It'd gotta... be hard to do that if you were kneeling all the time. Right. But, but there's, you know, there are... A... Ton of examples given where people do kneel to pray. Yeah, and I would say that's I mean, an approved position. Christ did that in the garden. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I'm not trying to belittle kneeling because I think yeah. it's something, uh, it's something that ought to be in your prayer toolkit. But <laughs> but but we probably ought not to bind it one way or another. Right. Yeah. Fact, we yes. Definitely ought not to. Yeah, we definitely ought not to. So. <laughs> so he says that, you know, if, if we have anything against anyone, forgive them, that your Father in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. And um, that's an interesting... So so let me... let me. I, I was talking about somebody else about this idea of forgiveness. Mm -hmm. And um, so when... Uh, where is it that Peter asks... Jesus, you know, how often should I forgive my brother? It's in it's in Luke, and uh, and I don't I don't have it marked down. Seventy times seven. Yes. Where is that at? Shall we get the Google's out? You might need to do that. Um. But Jesus, in in that Peter talks about. Uh, how many times should I forgive my brother? 
and the idea is is that his brother would have to ask him for forgiveness. Matthew 18, 21. I think that one doesn't... I thought the one in Luke was more... Peter came up and said to him, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times. And Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven, but seventy times seven. What's, I need the para, we need the parallel to that in Luke. Because... That's the one that um, has a little more detail in it. Uh, Luke 17. I just turned there. Uh, three and four. Um, I don't see it in there. No, no. Bear with us. I wish we had some music that we could play. Right. You can we, sing. We could sing. Yeah, I don't see it. Darn it. I hate when we do this. <laughs> yeah, it just keeps up coming up with coming up with that one. Mm-hmm. Well, what was your thought anyway? Well, my thought was, it, wherever it is here in Luke, Peter says, uh, you know, he, it's the idea that how many times do I forgive my brother if he asks for forgiveness? Mm-hmm. This idea that, that asking for forgiveness is part of, of being forgive of you forgiving someone, right? Okay, so it just doesn't. So the the idea was is that oh, you know, we wouldn't just start, um, you know, somebody people do horrible things to us and they don't ask for forgiveness, but we just keep forgiving them for doing that. And what he he brought out was as well, you know, in order for us to be able to forgive somebody, they have to ask for forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I had looked at it when we were talking about it. I, I was looking it up, and I think I got one of my books out, and I found it, and I found found both of them. Mm-hmm. Right now, for some reason, I and I didn't mean to bring this up, and that's why I'm not prepared <laughs> to even talk about it. But hey, um, but then but then when we read here in Mark, um, Jesus is talking about prayer. And he says that, you know, when you go to prayer, he goes, you know, you need to, you need to basically um, forgive. Or no, it wasn't Mark. Where, where are we at? We're in Luke. Mm-hmm. Luke chapter 19. Um, that was Mark 25, uh, 11, 25, and 26. Oh, is that where we were at? Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um, well, the thing that comes to my mind, the the... the, the the idea that that I get out of that is that we have to have our minds clear, and not be, and not be uh, dwelling on somebody that that has wronged yeah. us, you know. And so, yeah, that, that, that's that's one of the thing one of the things that I that I come up with there. I think that like it seems to me like you know he talks about. You know, you forgive them seventy times. You know, mm-hmm. you, you always forgive them. 
Right. And I think the the I think the idea is that, that is the correct idea. Mm-hmm. Because he talked about here, he says, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him. So you know whatever you you took my uh, you you wrecked my go kart. <laughs> yeah. So John wrecks my go kart, and I'm gonna go to prayer, and I'm mad at John for wrecking my go kart. <laughs> Which I wouldn't care. <laughs> but <laughs> you just build another one. I just build another one. But yeah, what you know, um, you know, I would need to get get that out of my heart before I would be able to to ask God to forgive me of things. Right. I guess that's where I'm going. With this. That's I think right. that's the proper way to understand that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think we're kind of saying the same thing uh, when I when I'm saying you know when you come to the to the Lord in prayer not to be holding things in and, and, and uh, you know, interfering with your communing with the Lord, you know. Yeah. It, it's, uh, uh, you know, wipe all those other things, the things that are going on in your life out. Yes. You know, and, and, um, and just pray to the Lord. Yeah. All right. Let's go ahead and move on. Um, can you read through the end of the chapter? Yeah, so verse 27 and on. Verse 27, Then they came again to Jerusalem, and as he was walking in the temple, the chief priests, the scribes, and the elders came to him, and they said to him, By what authority are you doing these things, and who gave you this authority to do these things? But Jesus answered and said to them, I also will ask you one question. Then answer me, and I will tell you by what authority I do these things. The baptism of John, was it from heaven or from men? Answer me. And they reasoned among themselves, saying, If we say from heaven, he will say, Why then did you not believe him? But if we say from men, they feared the people, for all counted John to have been a prophet indeed. So they answered and said to Jesus, We do not know. And Jesus answered and said to them, Neither will I tell you by what authority I do these things. I think that's what they call a catch twenty-two, right? Yeah, I don't know why yeah. they, what that, where that comes from, but yeah, I don't remember. I heard it. <laughs> so, um, yeah, they 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 they're asking and they're saying, "Hey, by what authority? In the what things are they talking about? They're like throwing them people out of the temple, right? Mm-hmm. I think that's what they're talking about because they're pretty hot about that, right? And." Uh, so Jesus says it. I'll answer, sure. I'll tell you why. But here, answer this. Mm-hmm. And he asks them about John the Baptist. Yeah. Because who wasn't now? Now who who was out in the desert uh, being baptized by John the Baptist? Was it all the scribes and Pharisees, or was it the tax collectors and harlots? Yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah, know? and and the scribes and Pharisees were standing off in the corner. Yeah, <laughs> you yes. know, kind of getting angry. Yeah, exactly. Just like they are right now. Yeah. So you know, I think that's what you know. That's what he's kind of driving at here. And and you know, it's it's a uh, again we see the the cunning nature of Christ's words here to them. Uh, you know, when he when he says, "Neither will I tell you by what authority I do," because they they, they know the answer, and he knows yeah. they know the answer. And if they just answer him truthfully, then they'll have the answer to their oh, question. Yeah. yeah, because the things he did, he didn't, whether he had authority or not, they were right. Yeah. yeah. You know? And, and uh, 
and they, they, they'd answer their own question if they just if they would just come to terms with yeah. who he is and, and, and admit it. And uh, it just yeah, it never ceases to amaze me how how many times they are standing right before Christ and they just who do they, how do they think they're gonna hide anything from him? How do they think they're gonna get out of this? Uh, they it's obviously didn't believe not going to under I and see I don't know. I think that they do know who he is though. I, yeah, I, it's just a, the hardness, like you mentioned earlier, it's just the hardness of man's yeah. heart. Well, we're going to go ahead and move back to Matthew, and we're going to be in Matthew for probably quite a while here. So, Matthew chapter 21 is where we're going to go back to. And I believe we're going to start in uh, 28, verse 28. So Jesus is going to tell a bunch of parables, and uh, well, I'm going to read the first one. This is mm-hmm. the parable of the two sons. See, I'm saying I'm reading the short one. John's going to have to read one. the real long one. So, parable of two sons. He says he says to the Pharisees there. He says, "But what do you think?" He says, "A man had two sons, and he came to the first and said, "Son, go work today in my vineyard." And he answered and said, "I will not." But afterward, he regretted it and went. When he came to the second, said likewise, and he answered, said, "I go, sir." But he did not go. Which of the two did the will of his father? And they said to him, "The first. And Jesus said to them, "Surely I say to you that the tax collectors and harlots enter the kingdom of God before you. For John came to you in the way of righteousness, but you did not believe him. But tax collectors and harlots believed him. And when you saw it, you did not afterward relent and believe him." This is basically the other part of this conversation that he's having with the the, the uh, scribes and Pharisees here. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting, and uh, again, we have mankind doing what they do, and it still happens today uh, in religious bodies that people get themselves puffed up onto a pedestal, yeah. and they forget. That all mankind is called to the Lord, yeah, and um, <clears throat> that can be uh, that can be difficult to get out of our shells sometimes uh, to be able to uh, uh, to understand those things. But it, it, but it is the truth. Who do you think these two sons represent that he's talking about? Um, I think it's the the Jews and the Gentiles. I don't know. Or I, I just simply thought of. I th- think I've always just simply thought of it as, as uh, those that are seeking to follow the Lord, and, yeah. and 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 some some are going to say, okay, I'll do it. But then they, you know, I, I kind of liken it to the, what we see in the religious world, where you have a bunch of people that call out the name of the yeah. Lord, but they don't do what He says. I gotta amend my saying because I, maybe it's not Jews and Gentiles, but later on He talks about. He says, you know, the tax collectors and harlots, they were, so they were the ones that that were going against the will of God, and then later on said, oh, they repented, basically. That's preaching of John. Mm-hmm. And the scribes and Pharisees claimed to do the, the will of God, but did not. Oh, that's a good bit of thinking. Yeah, I, I'm with you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
We're just making this stuff up as we go. Right. Back, so I mean, we're <laughs> we, we don't have a script. Yeah, no. No, we're not reading <laughs> off anything in case you haven't noticed. Yeah, but but a lot of this stuff is... It, it, that, that's the interesting thing about the Bible, is it's the one book that you can never get enough of. Yeah. And, and there's always... There's so many deep things in the Bible that you'll yeah. never tire of uh, wrestling with its words. Right. You know? Yeah. yeah that's... You know, I've... I'm, I've not in a long time been a person that likes to pick up a novel and read it. I just, I just don't have time in my brain to, to, to do that. But um, the one when I have in the past, at times in my younger days, I, I would, I would, I would read uh, more books, and um, you know, I, I would read them once, and that's the end. That's of it. about all you get out of it. But yeah. the, but the scriptures over and over again just. Even yet today, there are things that I hadn't thought about. I mean, that little, just that simple connection of, you know, going from, uh, you know, the parable of those sons to comparing it to the tax collectors and the harlots that were being obedient to yeah. the scribes and Pharisees. I mean, it's right there. It's like connected. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And, and yet, you know, you skim right over that and don't think about it. But if you, if you put your brain to work and, and start thinking yeah. on these things and connecting the dots... It's, it's, uh, this is an amazing, uh, book. Well, now we've got this really long parable. Okay. About the vine dressers, the wicked vine dressers. And, uh, it seems to be a similar thought mm -hmm. is this last one, but more detailed. Mm -hmm. And it, it's kind of has more like, uh, I guess, more, um, talk about the, the, the future. So we'll go ahead and read that, and then we'll try to dissect 33 to the end. Yep. Here, another parable. There was a certain landowner who planted a vineyard and set a hedge around it, dug a wine press in it, and built a tower. And he leased it to vine dressers and went into a far country. Now when the vintage time drew near, he sent his servants to the vine dressers that they might receive his fruit. And the vine dressers took his servants, beat one, killed one, and stoned another. Again... He sent other servants more than the first, and they did likewise to them. Then last of all, he sent his son to them, saying, They will respect my son. But when the vine dressers saw the son, they said among themselves, This is the heir. Come, let's, let us kill him and seize his inheritance. So they took him and cast him out of the vineyard and killed him. Therefore, when the owner of the vineyard comes, what will he do to those vine dressers? They said to him, He will destroy those wicked men miserably and lease his vineyard to another vine dressers, to other vine dressers, who will render to him the fruits in their season. Jesus said to them, Have you never read in the scriptures the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone? This was the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. Therefore I say to you, the kingdom of God will be taken from you and given to a nation bearing the fruits of it. And whoever falls on this stone will be broken, but on whomever it falls, it will grind him to powder. Now when the chief priests and Pharisees heard his parables, they perceived that he was speaking of them. But when they thought to lay hands on him, they feared the multitudes, because they took him for a prophet. Okay, so you've got these vine dressers, and... Uh... Obviously, I mean, I to me, like when I read this, I, 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 you, you like put some 
some groups in here. So the, the, the wicked vine dressers are obviously the rulers at that time. And then when he talks about the uh, servants, I think he's talking about, you know, the different prophets mm-hmm. um, and John the Baptist himself. Right. And uh, he was killed. And uh, then he decides to send his son. Of course, he's talking about himself. Right. And then he tells what, you know, they said they killed him. And they were going to seize his inheritance. And that's really, yeah, that's what the Jews, that got to the root. Yeah. Yeah. Of, of what, and I think that's why they said they perceived he was speaking of them. Yeah, it's kind of like, do you think so? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, it's, uh, it's kind of a, you, you almost just have to chuckle at that. Cause, oh, yeah. You know, he's been telling them over and over and over again. Yeah. So it's kind of like, almost you start thinking about this, it's almost like uh, it talks about a landowner who planted a vineyard and then he leased it out. It's almost like a little sharecropping arrangement. Yeah. You know, and I know in, in that sort of situation, even like if you study uh, like the uh, the caste system that was in England for years, where you had serfs and all these mm-hmm. different uh, uh, classes of people and they would work on the landowner's uh, property and they'd have to give back a certain port of, portion of their uh, right of their uh, harvest to pay for the, the land or whatever. So it was that kind of situation here. And uh, they treated the servants terribly. And you think about, of course, you think about, read the Old Testament. Yeah. I mean, how many prophets had a, you know, a lot of them had a horrible time. Right, Absolutely. Yeah, I mean it lines right up, and um, and you know there's this uh, the stone that which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. Yeah, what's that mean? Yeah, that's uh, you know it's speaking of Christ, who's the chief cornerstone. You know, and, and uh, you know I've I've done lessons and heard lessons on the on the cornerstone, the chief cornerstone being Christ, and when you build a building, when you start building a foundation. You've got to get that first stone. Yeah. Exactly right. And then you pattern all the rest after them. Yeah. you got to pick a place to start. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right? Right. And, you know, Christianity starts with Christ. Yep. Yeah. And, and, and that's, you know, the, the pattern that we have. We You know, if we if we go a little bit off level, we go a little bit off kilter from, yeah. from the standard that Christ is, uh, that Christ has established... We end up with a crooked building. Exactly. What do you make of this? He says that whoever falls on this stone will be broken, and whomever it falls, it will grind him to powder. Yeah, those are strong words. Those are very strong words. Yeah. The the whoever falls on this stone. So who's falling on? It seems like that they're falling on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And whomever it falls, it will grind him to powder. Yeah, I'm not sure. I, I totally. I don't, I can't. I can't understand that completely. Yeah, Charlie. When he was a little kid, I'd ask him some question, and he'd say, "I can't know." And I'd always <laughs> tell him, "No, son, you can know. <laughs> you don't know." <laughs> he was about four years old when he did that. That's, that's, that's pretty good. I, I like that. I can't know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, kids are funny. 21. 
Oh, you're going to see what Mr. McGarvey says oh, about let's it. See, I, I have a, I have a feeling here that I don't know if I could be off my rocker here, but it kind of may, maybe those that fall on the stone. Let's go back here a little bit. Yeah, I'll keep my mouth quiet. Um, Matthew twenty-one. Where where would we be in this book? I don't know. It's hard to say. 20. This that is verse be, 40. It would be 21, wouldn't it? It would be yeah, 21. Yeah. And it would be verse 40. I just spent all that time looking at Matthew, Matthew 21, and now I can't get out of 22. <laughs> Okay, here we go. So, they said to him, when they heard it, does he even comment on it? There, there it is. For I say unto you, the kingdom of God shall be taken away from you, shall be given to a nation bringing forth fruits, and he that falleth on this that stone shall be broken to pieces. So, the stone, of course, represents Jesus, and the two falling set forth his passive and active state. In the day when he passively submitted to be judged, those who condemned him were broken. But in the great day when he himself becomes the acting party and calls his enemies to judgment, they shall prefer and pray that a mountain fall upon them. Okay. Revelation, it gives a quote of Revelation <clears throat> what is that? Six, six, fifteen through seventeen. Yeah, it takes my mind a minute to calculate yeah, yeah. those those Roman, <laughs> Roman numerals. numerals. Yeah, <laughs> you're not used to reading books written in 1870, yeah. right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess I guess I can go along with all of those things. So, you know, the gist of it is yeah. is, is those who oppose Christ are going to be uh, they're gonna they're gonna be broken up or ground to a powder. In the end, that that, yeah. that part is definitely, you know, in the end, when 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 uh, judgment is taking place, there's not going to be anything left yeah. of of those enemies. I, I think about you know people that fall on them or people that just can't they, they just can't come to grips that that this is real, you know. And that would line right up with the scribes and the Pharisees. Yeah, they, they just they just couldn't come to grips with it, even though. Even though I have a hard time believing that they didn't believe and know who he was in some way, but in some warped sense of their own power, they kind of thought they could get out of it somehow. Yeah, I mean, I... I, I just don't know. I, I like... Uh, what I is can't it? know. Yeah, you can't know. <laughs> you know, I think it's in Acts chapter 4, where uh, Peter and... Uh, who is that? Peter and John are up in front of the council and uh, Gamaliel says that uh, he goes if this thing be from God we can't fight against it yeah you know and and I I don't know I, I tend to think that they their hearts were so hard it's not that they didn't see miracles and all these signs but they just refused to acknowledge them yeah yeah or absolutely and, and here just is in Acts four, eleven, 
it even restates that, that. And this is the stone which was rejected by you builders, which has become the chief cornerstone. Yeah. Yeah. That's, and Peter said that, yeah. I believe. Yeah. Yep. Well, go ahead and stop there, John. All right. Well, thanks for joining us again. And as you can see, we're learning through this as we go. Yeah, and I'm glad you came along with us. Uh, if you have any comments to enlighten us, then by all means put them there in the comment section. Like, yeah. subscribe, and visit us again. We'll see you next time.